You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. So, um, England did well in the World Cup today, didn't they, uh, Sid Talk? Wake up, wake up, wake up, you're dreaming. Yeah, and USA did even better yesterday. It's been a bit of a shitty weekend. We decided to watch the matches. It's only a shitty weekend if you're not Ghana or Germany. Yeah, well, I'm saying if you're... um, (laughs) We decided to root for England and the USA, obviously, and uh, we watched our two respective matches this weekend, and both both were a pile of shit. Oh, the America game was not a pile of shit at all. They fought like crazy. It doesn't matter that they lost. They played... The At English, least they went 120 minutes. I will minutes. Uh, go on record as saying the English game was a pile of shit I from England's side of things. Um, I disagree. That's very harsh. They no. tried. Um, I, I think You're that, the one who gives commentators shit for being so harsh, and now you're doing the same thing. I think they tried about 50% of the time. Hmm. That's why they lost. Anyway. I disagree. Uh, so our hopes and dreams of winning the World Cup are ended. Well, well they tried that one time, and it wasn't counted. So that sucks. Yeah. Now that sucks. That does kind of suck. To yeah. me, I think that killed your, killed the spirit. But. What I say is FIFA, next World Cup, bring back the laser pointer thing that tells you when the ball goes in so stupid linesmen don't call things wrong. Or as a sport, yeah, people should be able to contend that stuff. Like, say, after the game, look. I mean, they still would have lost, but not necessarily. Their yeah. spirit was crushed. It wouldn't help us anyway. So, um, yes, uh, hopes and dreams are dead for another four years, and... Some, somebody else your hopes be. and dreams are dead. Are your it, hopes and dreams all based on f- football? Our soccer, football, <laughs> hopes and dreams are dead for the next four years. And uh, we'll see what we can do next time. But um, We invest so much time in the sport, in fact, only when World Cup comes around. And we only watch the USA. And I, fo- I follow the UK teams, but I don't watch it live on TV or anything. But I do look at the scores each week. But... Um, as far as uh, the World Cup, I'd like to follow that. I'll still follow it. I'll watch the final. Yeah, yeah. But, um, you know, it kind of uh, knocks you, doesn't it, when your team's out. So, uh, all that World Cup talk. Let's move on to... It's Sunday, June the 27th, 2010. This is after the show number 128. And uh, this week's movie that we will be reviewing is uh, Flash Gordon, the 1980... I was going to say the 1980 version. There is another version, isn't there? The uh, series from the 30s. And there was also a TV show, like a reboot of Flash Gordon that was on Sci-Fi Channel about a year ago. Mm. That was absolutely horrible. I thought there was also a movie with uh, Billy Zane or somebody. I don't know anything about Flesh that. Flesh Gordon. Mm. There was also a movie called Flesh Garden, believe it or not. Um, <laughs> yes, I How about Flesh Garden? There you go. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Flesh Garden, it's a 1980 movie. This is out on Blu-ray disc. Uh, it's a... 2010 Blu-ray, Blu-ray disc release, released on Tuesday the 15th of June in North America, so it's already out, you can go and get it. Uh, it's out on Blu-ray and DVD, and it's from our friends at Universal, and you're going to tell us what this movie is. I'm not sure if it should be my if it should be down. my charge this week, I think, because you it's so beloved to you, you should do the Alright, so synopsis. this movie is uh, Flash Garden, it's, um, like I said, a 1980 movie. No, you want a synopsis. Like I am, I, gonna, I understand. Okay. A 1980 movie based on a comic strip slash serialized... It wasn't a TV show. It was the kind of thing that they put in the cinema. 
but it was a short kind of movie. It was just called a serial at the time. Serial movie. Um, you know, you saw it in front of the main feature when you went to the theatre. They don't do that these days, but they should. Oh, they totally should, man. Yeah. You could make Pixar such cool stuff. Yeah, Pixar are the only ones who do it, as far as I know. Where they put a short mm-hmm. film. Still not the same, because it's theirs. It yeah, goes with their movie, yeah, yeah. It feels like an advertisement when you put in your own thing. But anyway, it's about the adventures of Flash Gordon, who is a... In this version of the movie, an American football player, hero to people, who, through a series of unfortunate events, ends up in sci-fi world, uh, in space. <laughs> I was going to say a series. Um, and uh, he has to save the planet and save the damsel in distress and be heroic. Would you say that's... Is that your synopsis, really? Yeah. I was going to have you do it because you just love it so much. Well, I, but... I will save the rest for the thing. <laughs> right. That uh, is yeah, it in a nutshell, right? Mm. And that's what a synopsis is. It's a little underwhelming, but I'll... Three I'll hey, Three I'll give you the option to give it. it. Yeah. So, um... Now for the movie. Yeah. So, this movie means a lot to me because I grew up on it. And it was a big hit in Britain. But America, I don't believe it transcended. And that guy in the extra said because it felt too much like a European movie, which I do agree on. And I think that's why The Fifth Element didn't do particularly well here, mm-hmm. but did really well in Europe, because it also has a European oh, feel Oh, The Fifth Element is fucking brilliant. Yeah, but you, what I'm saying is <laughs> yeah. it's not... It's the way it's costumed, the way it is, is not... Yeah. Not made to please Americans, so is what I'm getting at. Well, Flash Gordon has an American hero, but it's got this odd... And that's what I always loved about it. The odd, colourful, almost like... When I was watching it this time, in high def, and you really get to see the costumes, the colours... I was going to say how awesome everything is, but it's not particularly awesome. It's, you know, it's old days of costumes and stuff. I was getting a... Like, you love The Wizard of Oz. A Wizard of Oz style vibe in the sci-fi universe. Like, mm. I know it's not a musical, I know what but you mean. the costuming and the sets, the quality of it. Because Wizard of Oz is beloved to you. It's an amazing looking movie, especially on Blu-ray. Now, I mean, you really see detail. I believe you see detail in this one. But they have that same, it's a stage, like a... Well, because everything is handmade and fantastical. So yeah. when somebody's costume is underneath um, basically a, a cotton shell of clothing covered with big pieces of plastic slash yeah, supposed to foam. be metal um, clanking around, and it's obviously just sewn in on with a couple of stitches, and the, but then when you take a step back, you see the, the glory of what it's supposed to be, but... I think we're just more tuned in nowadays because somewhere in the process of all this costuming and set making, you know, the tone of movie making has changed. It's like not every movie's gritty or anything like that. But even when you look at something like Narnia or Harry Potter, it's taken seriously. It's taken seriously and there's there's this tone of realism. Let's go real and add the fantastic whereas 
Flash Gordon is more like, let's go with Fantastic, it's and under- we're, we're only limited by what we can really make. And Almost like watching a stage musical. Yeah, totally. Like, yeah. like, like you could see that working as a stage musical. Because yeah, because it- from a distance, everything looks grand, and then the some of the problem comes when you start getting up close and, you know, like, now, it's not a problem. Not it's to just... be, like I was saying, this was a beloved film from my childhood. I literally wore the VHS out. I watched it that much. <laughs> I, I, you know, when this movie was on, it wouldn't have happened to you, but the, the voice snippets and, because I've not seen it for like 15 years probably, but the voice snippets and the one-liners all came to me before they happened. Oh, yeah, Like, sure, I was sure. like, she's going to say Flash Gordon's alive. She says Flash Gordon. So it's all like a script in my head yep. that's just going off. Oh, 100%. That's Same how I am when I watch Groundhog Day. So that's how I was watching. Yeah, and, and for me, too. And Anything that I've watched a lot. So I know I've watched this a lot because this many years later, I'm still pinpointing what they're going to say. And I'm going, oh, my God, he's going to do that thing here, which I really loved when I was a kid. Like the American football part where they're bumping right. them on the head and stuff. <laughs> you know, it's crazy. Um, this film's not... This film, a lot of people won't get, I think. I have a, I have a, definitely a link to it from being a kid and loving sci-fi. I've seen Star Wars. This was after Star Wars. Um, I pretty much gobbled up any sci-fi stuff when I was a kid. Anything. Doctor Who, Flash Gordon, um, Star Wars, Space 1999, which I was just talking about, a TV show that Book I love. Rogers, stuff like that. Anything like that. I gobbled it up, so Flash Gordon was right on the nail, and I loved Queen when I was a kid. And I still love Queen to this day. I mean, my father loved Queen. We play, He played Queen all the time, and I loved Queen. And when Queen was in this movie, same as this guy who was talking, I was like, you know, all over it. So, this movie, most people... Do you want to ask me what I think since I've well, never seen yet. it and I'm a grown-up and I'm yet. a woman? But most people these days, I think, <laughs> would watch this If they just picked up this movie going, oh, look, it's a sci-fi movie, Flash Garden, because the cover of this Blu-ray doesn't indicate that it's an old movie or anything. You might just no, think, no. oh, that kind of looks cool. Uh, a guy with a sword and, like, some space thing. It's probably cool. Comic book movie, maybe. Um, they would watch this and think, holy crap, what was that? I think. But because it has that meaning to me, I still love it to this day. I think it is absolutely, it's kind of crappy. It's cheesy in all its, it's the special effects are horrible, like really horrible. But sometimes okay, sometimes horrible. But they're not. They're only horrible. You they're always just say what, that you, no, because of well, now. No, no. Uh, this came out after Star Wars and Star Wars, Star Wars special effects, and I've watched Star Wars recently, are absolutely amazing compared to this movie. And I'm not talking the, they might not have had a budget like Star Wars. Yeah. But this was made after Star Wars, so Star Wars was there as a benchmark like three years before this. Um, so the special effects are people with wires floating around and not even green screen because it didn't exist. Just the real old... I just think it's unfair to say to say that a movie has bad special effects when it's from 1980. I mean, Jesus, we're 20, 30 years away. I now. did actually say that. I that understand. It has bad special effects. But think about it. It's 1980. It's probably quite a low-budget film. Well, it cost $27 million to make, which wasn't a low-budget film in them days. Um, but I think most of the money was spent on costumes and sets, and some of those special effects, like rocket ships flying and stuff, especially in high definition, it doesn't do it any favours either. Um are not the best you can possibly imagine. But for me, they work perfectly. 
And see, I think they're just perfect the way they are because part of it is a throwback the to charm. the 1936 serial, right? I've always thought part that of it nobody is understands that. Going back to the 50s when sci-fi movies and space movies were really kicking in and all you had to go on was in-camera special effects, in-camera stuff. And the thing is about it, you have to, like, I just don't think it's fair to say to a modern audience, someone like me or someone else who has never seen it, to say, oh, the special effects are really bad. But, because it's like, no, you don't say that. You say, it's awesome because it is. It's got this I think thing. I was just saying, well, I'm, like a... It's like a warning to people, though. And then their expectation is, oh, it's going to look like crap. So what's the point? Do you know what I mean? I don't think that's fair. I, I actually don't think it looks like crap, though. That That's not what... So forget all that. What I was saying was... Actually looks really good. Like it's I, crispy clear. I just watched this sure. on Blu-ray and I wasn't expecting much because it's it's always looked kind of grubby to me, this movie. Like really dirty and kind of fuzzy. But there again, I watched it on VHS, right? And, and now that, it's like you've I've got... never even seen this on DVD, so VHS is my memory of it. So now in ten eighty P to me, I'm I'm like, holy crap, I didn't know that that looked like that. It was one of those, like, when we watched The Wizard of Oz and you said... Yeah, yeah. I don't even... Re- I There was things there that I'd never seen before. Just because I've always watched it on a small screen and they've always been kind of fuzzy. On this, the detail on the costumes was one thing where I was like, this is, like, pretty... These costumes are really well made. Like, I mean, whoever did the costuming is pretty amazing. There's a lot of detail, yeah. Yeah, and the colours, like, you know, the first scene where you get to Mongol... Is that what it's called, Mongol? I'm not sure. <laughs> it doesn't seem right. But when you get to Ming's planet, and you get to, there's the big uh, chamber sequence with all the different races stood there. Mm-hmm. That's where I was saying it reminds me of Wizard of Oz. There's a colourful... It's a, like a sci-fi Wizard of Oz scene. It's like colourful, and you want to you wanna know more about it. You know, it's real enchanting-like. So, so I don't know. All right, how did you feel about it? The whole of it? And I, well, you didn't know anything about it, and I, I, I tried to tell you a few things, but you didn't want to know. Don't want to know, because I just wanted to watch it. Like, the first time you watched it, you would have just been watching it, right? Now, yeah. I'm a 42-year-old woman, mature woman. <laughs> so, watching it, I have to separate my two things. My view of, obviously, women's roles in movies and in any kind of storytelling over the last thousands of years or whatever so i'll separate that number two this sort of like fantasy driven uh save the day kind of story i i love them but i don't it this is very specific to i think boy man thing because so i'm watching i forget all that i'm just like okay it's just an awesome it's crazy. It's got to be. And I even thought while I was watching it, this has to be stringed together by people who are just laughing their asses off, thinking, what are we doing making this crazy movie? And then you hear from the writer and, you know, like, we weren't taking it seriously. And we don't know why anybody else takes and, it seriously. And it's also late 70s, early 80s. So it really feels like a 70s movie in terms of, like, I keep thinking of Caligula when I'm watching it. I've never like, seen that. Like, it almost had, like... It's very sexual, like, mm-hmm. when it doesn't really need to be a lot of the time. And, and it, this is like a movie. That's kid, what I'm saying. Kids watch this movie. It's totally catered yeah. to a 14-year-old 
boy. Yeah, and like a hundred percent. How old would I have been when I saw it? Well, I gra- I was eighteen and eighty six. Probably been twelve or something. 13, right. Maybe. So if in eighty, I would have been uh, six years younger than that. So I would have been twelve, and you would have been a year younger than me, or two years younger. So than like me. So a, 10, like a hi- like in England, just that in high school. So 10, 11 years old. Yeah, eleven years old. So yeah, I, that's when I would have seen it because I saw it on the cinema. And then yeah, because even the one scene where. Oh my god, they go to the place where they're doing the ritual with the thing in the, in the, in the. That frightened me to death. Now the thing was though, when they're approaching and they're like hiding around the site, she's like, I love to listen to the initiation, you know, and I'm like, the sounds that that little tribe of men are making. Sounded like they were fucking each other. Yeah, I was like, (gasps) no, it was like this. Uh, yeah, I know. Uh, but like a young man's voice. He does have. I was like, holy shit. Yeah, and then you're whipping the girl without her top on, and then you've got the other girl. The where girl you, without the top. You got her on the red leotard with her back showing, and they're whipping her, oh, and yeah, she's yeah. held down by these four golden arms. Pretty awesome. Also, she uses sex at every opportunity to string along every man. Unlike men are really easy. Including her father. There's a weird No, that's, that's always there. been weird for me, even as a kid. When I watch that, and she, she like twirls massages his beard, his beard and yeah. says something to him, there's kind of like, there's some weird shit going on between them. Totally. I did think, Ming must fuck his daughter, <laughs> but we don't see that part, but I mean, he must, like. Because there's a weird, but then yeah. when it's time to torture her and he to kill her, he doesn't give a shit. No. He's done, he's fine with that. So. Or is it I'm, like he knows she'd like it? I think that I have too much life in my mind sometimes to fully understand, I mean, I totally get it. Right, it's made by a bunch of men who were making some send up of Flash Gordon with a big budget. You've got you know Dino De Laurentiis, you've got this writer guy, you've got them. You know, I mean, it's almost like a almost like a culture of complete decadence that they have been thrown all this money and they're going to make this crazy, insane movie that reminds me of a couple of movies I'll get to. You know, like That's why I think of Caligula. Late 70s, it was, 80s. It's Caligula was a high-budget pawn. Indulgent thing. Made by Penthouse. Um, on a huge budget with major Hollywood stars in it. But it was a hardcore porno movie, essentially. That would never get made these days, ever. Like, I mean, movies... The, there are high-budget porno movies, but not ones that just penetrate the mainstream. Like, well, so to speak. But um, <laughs> not ones that are in theaters at the end of the street that you can go and see. I mean, it's decadence. Like, it was a weird like time, and yeah, the seventies was a real sexual time, and it kind of went into everything. Like, it seemed to to me. I mean, I've seen a lot of seventies movies where you're like, it's so sexual. Like everything about this, it's- everything is about. And I mean, I didn't dislike it. Obviously, I think it's actually. Like you said, enchanting kind of because it's so you got to just get into the story and get into the whole you know flesh. Yeah, you have to leave everything. And just do it. Every man's yeah. man who wants to. Well, he's not every man's man. He's like the beautiful football player guy who has nothing on his side except for his his ethics and his morality and his, athleticism. And his determination and like every decision he makes is for the right. It, of course, when the girl gets on his lap and he's like, oh, she's really turning me on. That's his only moment of weakness that yeah. he almost comes into. But overall, I say it totally panders to that low thing in men. I'm going to have to be honest. That's what I, I mean. The Every woman, the one woman picks up a gun and the one woman, the princess has some power because she's kind of leading all these men around with her sexuality. But ultimately, what does she get... You know, she can be 
tossed away by her father for nothing more than, you know, her treasonous whatever. You know what I mean? Like, she's useless. She's nothing. And then the woman, um, what's her name? The main chick. Dale Arden. Dale, yeah. Um, you she's know, it's almost like she's in distress. Right. And But then she has a bit of Princess yeah. Leah to her. At exactly, some exactly. Yeah. She picks up a gun and, and then does she's a Princess bit Leah there. for a few minutes and then she's damsel in distress again, like Yeah, know. and then there's this weird like he's gonna marry her, but really he's only he could fuck her anytime he wants, so why is this whole marriage thing he even tries involved? to fuck her but she kind of yeah, but the thing tricks is, him out of it. All he has to do is drug her again. Get her and, again yeah. So what's the deal with the wedding? You know what I mean? Like that whole thing. I was like, I don't, I'm not sure I understand. I love the this. wedding vows though. Except, yeah. <laughs> oh, in fact, we should have just had those wedding vows at our wedding. Just for I'm sure somebody has. <laughs> do awesome. you take her to be your party for the hour? Yeah. For the hour, yes. Yeah. And then shoot her into space when you're done with her. Yes. Yeah. Do you? The damsel promise, in distress. Do you promise not to shoot her into space? Until the time comes that you are yeah, a, a finished with it. You know, I think I have gone so... I don't know what it is. I I understand the perception that women are weaker. I don't... Un, I don't... I understand the perception. I don't understand what it's rooted in, except culture. Like, men have decided that they're always going to be our savior men and whatever, and we're always supposed to go, oh, 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 thank you for saving me, and now I'll let you screw me whenever you want, and we'll have a happy life. I don't get that. I think I was raised in a way... But this was another time. Not just another time. I was thinking about modern movies and TV shows do a lot of the same thing. I guess they do, yeah. I mean, there are some movies that go against that Why do we respond to that? I don't get it fully, except that, you know... That men just want women to be uh, subservient. Oh, as if... Yeah, all men want us to be subservient and yet want us to... No, I mean, there is something in yeah. certain men or whatever that they see women like that. You know, the like the old 50s ideal of a housewife. Kind of, you know what I'm saying. As a sexual concubine sexual and concubine make my dinner. Slave. And, and the thing is, that's very disposable, right? Make my dinner, let me screw you. And yet, if I'm in danger and I'm beautiful, you will, you will conquer all of the world, all of the universe to save me. And it, oh. you know, and they do take, they, they ham all that up. I yeah. Mean, from the, mo- and I'm not, I'm not putting that against this movie. I'm saying it stirs that up in me that I think, and then I start thinking about other movies that do or don't have female leads, and I'm looking at a poster right behind you, which I actually appreciate, because I think Quentin Tarantino, uh, Ramirez, they have a different take. Rodriguez. Rodriguez. <laughs> I was going That's like Romero and Rodriguez mixed together, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> this is the poster for Planet Terror. Though. Correct. Where you have even footing, really. A woman is, you know, kind of in charge of her own destiny, and the dude is or the bad Bill guy, or something like and that. And the woman so, with the bullet—I mean, the gun for the leg—something that like goes that. against the grain of a woman's stereotype, I guess. Then there are movies yeah. that do it. Tarantino does do it, especially because um, look at the lady in *The Inglorious Bastards*, for instance. Correct. You know, uh, or any of his movies, I think. I mean, you still mix in there. There's still always this mixture of sexuality and control. I, I don't know if that's human or what, but this movie specifically, being my age, having lived through the very late seven or all of the seventies and the eighties, and see the progression, and I want to tell, you know, but I, you know, what the thing is, I still know couples who have that weird thing of. Oh, you're my man, and if anybody insults me, you'll be right there to punch him in the head. You know that kind of shit. I don't get it. I get it. 
I don't like it. <laughs> but I like this movie. I do. I, I was completely enthralled. The story is crazy. Because yeah, the story's not. I, there's, it's just like I don't get it fully, but whatever. No. But I love the idea that this main guy who rules the whole universe. And he's a, he is awesome. Just wants to toy with the Earth and, like, shake us up a little bit and then destroy and that's, us. that's how you explain things that happen on the Earth, natural disasters. Right. Nothing to do with natural. They're to do with Ming, ta- like, having a game. Like, and like, why is he the leader of the universe? Pressing some buttons. I get it. Well, that's his backstory and stuff, I guess, that we yeah. don't get to see yet. And, but the movie, I mean, you're never going to get to see it. I, I don't know. Maybe they'll... They just, Probably there is somewhere an explanation. I mean, the but... comic books, so yeah, maybe yeah. the comic books explain it. But as far as I remember, and I did read some of the comic books, it was literally the same thing every week. Like, the Ming's Earth was in danger, they met up, they had a fight, Ming died, but Ming didn't really die. Flash always put on his tank top and he was ready to go. And his muscles were <laughs> So, you know, it, it has a, it's a very nostalgic movie for me. Um, so I can't really say it's bad. No, no, I even don't. Though, and I, it's not bad to me even, at all. And I think this is, like... I don't recall it looking this good. I don't... They've remixed it in Dolby DTS uh, HD, but I don't particularly think the sound uh, felt very remixed to me. It all felt like it was coming from the front. There wasn't really any exciting, like, oh, you could have put the explosions going around you and stuff. That didn't seem to happen in this. Also, I, f- I feel like Queen's um, score um, wasn't didn't sound as good as it could on this Blu-ray. Do you get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, like I didn't think there was any bass. I thought I thought it, it felt tinny all the time, the, the soundtrack. But there again, I'm thinking, yes, you, yes, they have remixed it into Dolby um, DTS or whatever. But it still sounds like an 80s movie. Do you know what I mean? It didn't sound... But you, I wouldn't want it to be in the other well, way. Well, they, they actually make a clip all, all remixed. Oh, right. and, and when I was watching it, I was thinking... It sounds better than I remember because I watched it on a television when I was a kid with a little speaker. So this sounds good in a 5.1 surround experience, but doesn't there's not much subwoofer going on. It's not like a like I expect, like The Godfather, mm. for instance. That was a 70s movie that was redone for Blu-ray. It sounded like a new movie because they done a lot of work to it. But if Flash Gordon wasn't a massive success uh, box office-wise, which it was not, and now they're putting it out on Blu-ray, how much do you think they really wanted to invest? I mean, let's boil it down to the numbers here. Well, this is the 30th anniversary of the movie, actually. Uh, I think it'll get a revisit. I think people will be like, oh my god, that's fucking awful and awesome at the same time. I do. <laughs> I feel it's the kind of movie like the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Rocky Horror Picture Show is not a good... I'll go on. I've seen it. It's not a good movie. Like this movie. It's not a great movie. But something but there's something the about gun. it. Like this guy said on the extras, like a, what did they call it? A cult classic. Yeah. There's something about that cult classic. It doesn't mean it's good. It means it just fits with you at a certain point in your life. And then you're never going to really lose it. Like yeah, I, yeah, I agree. Like I, you're never going to forget The Wizard of Oz. You're never going to not want to rewatch it. Nope. I would never not. I'm trying to think of other movies like this that have that effect on me, and there are a few. But like until I see the credits come up or I hear the beginning of it on like you know American Movie Classics or TLC or something, I don't think about it. Not TLC, but American Movie Classics or whatever. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, oh my god! I mean, obviously, Star Wars does to me. Yeah, it does. Any you know original. And this, and one of my. 
recommendations for this week also does it. Um, there are a lot. I have some horror movies from the 80s. I think Poltergeist is one of those that does that to me. Like, makes the, as soon as it starts, Jaws. I'm like, yes, yes, yes. Um, there are ones that stick with you. Um, Exorcist? Because I was 11 absolutely. or 12 when I first watched that. And seriously, now I'm just like, I can't I not like watch it. I like to say it. I can rewatch The Exorcist over and over, but... It freaking does my head. Oh, me too. It's I like want to watch it, but I don't want to. Every five or six years, I can. Yeah, I can, I watch can it. handle it. Like I feel like. Or the beginning of Halloween. I'm always in. I'm always like, oh, I'll yeah, leave this the music, on the TV. Uh, Friday the Thirteenth. There's ones that stick. This sticks with me as yes, Star Wars is my first love of of um, sci-fi movies when I was a child, but this one, you know, you could say it's not on a par with Star Wars, but I say in my mind, it, it, it's a different thing. But it still fits there. I mean, I watch this as much as I did Star Wars. Don't it's I? like me with Bewitched. As soon as that theme song comes on. Da, 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 da. I'm just like but transported you, yeah, back exactly. to those days when I was like laying on the floor with my el- hands, my elbows and, on the floor, my hands. And I did think of this, watching this today, several times. It came into my mind of me watching it in front of the TV in the 80s. What I was doing, what I was thinking. I, that thing. I, yep. Like it. And thinking... You know, like I said, that princess was like, she was mind blowing to me as a as a young man. I was like, holy, like I don't think I've ever, you know, I'm 11 years old. I've not really seen many like half naked women. So this princess is that costume she's wearing at the beginning when she's in the throne thing. Yeah, it's pretty near to nothing, right? And I can remember seeing that and thinking, holy crap, what the hell is that? So maybe this was the first introduction to women for me. Oh, great. <laughs> well, what I'm saying is... That and look what you ended up marrying in your life. Well, yeah. Same kind of chick. Same chick. <laughs> um, but yeah, and by the way, we looked her up, and recently she still looks quite nice. Yeah, and the, yeah, we'll talk about it later in the cast. But um, there was a lot of things to this movie when you were an 11-year-old boy. Like you say, a lot of his sexual stuff. The re- And that, like, da-da, clash to the rescue. Yeah. <laughs> and that get, they, there was a, there's a sh- um, an extra on this disc. I'll talk about in a minute, but he nailed all the things I was thinking. That guy. Oh yeah. Every single thing. Yeah. There's a moment where Flash jumps up at the camera. <laughs> when I was a boy, that sent tingles through my my. You know, like the hairs on the back of your neck. Ah. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes, like, I know exactly what you mean. Maybe not now, but I still remember the feeling of watching that when I was a kid, and it's just. I want to re like that's the end of the movie. I want to turn this back on again. Rewind. I know it's exactly what Watch you it mean. Again. It lifts you up, like, yeah. and you can't explain why, except that it, it's like music from your youth or anything else. There's something. If you've had a good experience with something, even now, it just you're just yeah. like sucked right back into it. And I think that's uh. So you know, it's a sci-fi movie. Let's go, let's uh. So overall, the movie for me, it's just pure nostalgia. I have to own it. And to me, it's 100% entertainment. And you person. have no ties to this nope, movie. None like, whatsoever. It's not, and now you don't even But I would it. sit right now and watch it again. Because there were so many things I didn't notice or didn't look at. And, you know, I'm a film lover person. And I love the special effects where you go, oh, my God, I can see that piece of plastic. Or, or I can see that boom <laughs> or whatever it is. And I love did that. Did you notice? And I did notice this time. And High Def was purely responsible for it. But, you know, <laughs> the ball thing that floats... It's yeah, like yeah. Sent, it had two wires <laughs> hanging straight from it. Like, not, they weren't <laughs> hidden. They were just big ass <laughs> wires hanging. You could I totally. those were the antenna. No, they were it. They were, no, when the pa- camera panned out, there was antenna, but there was two wires just like mm. straight up. 
no hiding them. I don't. I don't think they want. Uh, or maybe there was no way to like. Or maybe they were from wires in the spaceship, just on a wire. But you know, there was things like that where <laughs> yeah, yeah. you're just like, I didn't notice that when I was a kid. But in high definition, and in a movie where you know they're not taking themselves 100 percent seriously, it's lovely to see that stuff. In a movie where they are trying to take themselves seriously, and you see it, then you're like, oh yeah, my if God, you saw it's it embarrassing. In, if you saw it in Star Wars, <laughs> like Lord of the Rings, like, why didn't they fix like that? in Lord of the Rings, when, of we, the Rings. when we have a problem with some of the special effects, you're like, you know, they're trying really hard to make them perfect. The end scene of the third Lord of the Rings film, <laughs> when we, whenever it happens, we both like groan, where the hobbits are stood in the. There's a big celebration going on, and the hobbits are stood there, and. The hobbies aren't even... They're in some other different room because they're a different colour to mm-hmm. everything else. And we always look at each other and go, what the hell? Why couldn't they get them on the set that day? Or what was going on? No, there? it's because they're smaller, you <clears> see. <throat> yeah, it just looks shit. It looks really bad. Like, it's like... You know. And in that movie, they're not trying to be funny. Did you, <laughs> so, did you just run out of time and you couldn't finish that? And it had to... I think they really think it looks alright. No, I don't think they do. I do. But um, anyway. But yeah, isn't. this movie's... You know, it's not. I recommend it. I recommend I, re- it for I also am absolutely mind blown by how good it looks on Blu ray. That was one thing I wanted to mention. It was. Um, when you paused on that one chick's face was right there, it was so When I first. Uh, when it. The very opening scene. Like, because I was like, I can't wait to see Flash Garden in the high def because I wanted to see how good it looks. Probably won't look that good because it's old. I, I can't imagine it looking that good. And the first scene is like Ming. Um, with like an interface up firing, yeah, like and it and it looked crappy. I was like, oh my god, it kind of looks like the I, I remember. And then after the credit sequence, which you still kind of look kind of fuzzy and stuff, the movie started out and you saw Flash Gordon on the runway where the planes come in, and it just looked like perfect. I was like, this looks like a movie from today. Like, yeah, it does. It, it it looks perfect. And that first part, I don't care what you say. I hate to disagree with you yet again, but that first part was not the right aspect ratio. Right, and that's nothing to do with. Um, I'm saying whoever me. put that. I'm not saying it is. I'm saying whoever put that on there. The very opening sequence is squished. It's not in the right aspect. You mean the credit sequence with the comic books and everything? Yep. Yeah, I, I did notice that, but I knew that it was gonna. Uh, that you don't. You don't. You don't need to adjust anything on a Blu-ray. So. No, but I'm saying if you notice <clears> that <throat> when you're watching it, it is yeah. wrong, and as soon as the movie kicks in, it'll be right. Yeah, and the movie is crisp, clear. There's. Portions of dirt occasionally, which I kind of expect. It's not a restored film. It's just a scanned-in negative. Mm. But it looks the best I've ever seen. Oh, it looks it. good. And I was highly surprised because I was... I thought, this is probably a movie where I'll be writing on this week about... This isn't the kind of movie you need to buy a Blu-ray disc for, but I actually think it is. I think I think it is worth it. It's, a, it's about the colours and the... Uh, you know, the it's a colourful... It sort of lifts the veil a little bit because a lot of it the does. costuming and stuff is is crystal clear that it is not. Well, you know, some people argue that we have too much CGI these days. So if you are one of those people, there's you're going to love it there's because none. you're yeah. There's no. It is what it is, and like you said, it's almost like a play. The sets, the costumes. So you just love it for what it is, and you go like, wow. I mean, there might be fifty costumes on the screen at once, and you think I think to myself, man, that's a lot of making. A mm-hmm. lot of people put a lot of time and effort into all of that. All the into everybody's different, and all the different soldiers. I mean, because it's all crystal clear, you're kind of like dazzled by it. You yeah, know? that because throne the story room sequence at the, the beginning is kind of impressive because the yeah. different races of yeah, there's only about four races, five races or something. But it seems like there's a lot of stuff going on, doesn't it? You know. 
but it looks... And then the, the look of it does di- do a disservice to, like, the reptile people, because they really just look like people with the Hand-covers. rubber thing on their head. But you just get over it, you know? Yeah. You're just like, oh, that's a reptile person. <laughs> the, those always remind me of hand puppets, the it was, ones that yeah. are in the wall. Because their eyes are into yeah. their mouth. Like, Inside of glove, like... And I, you notice the Hawkmen were like... Yeah. yeah. A few of them, like, tilting their head around all weird, and then other ones didn't, so it was, like, kind of funny. There was some bizarre shit going on, but that's the movie. And, you know, the movie scored by Queen, like I said earlier. It That Flash Gordon song's iconic to me, and that's... There is some other songs of... Oh, well, there's not some other songs. There's some other Queen music in here, but it's all really the motif of the Flash thing. But the, Brian May plays the wedding... Mm. The, the here comes the bride in his guitar style, which of course in in that world would be the same wedding march that we yeah, because okay, okay. <laughs> he's watching Ming, he's watching Earth closely. He takes all this shit, true, true. Um, and then he goes off and fucks his down to the cast. Oh my god! <laughs> so yeah, the cast. Um, we've got Sam J. Jones as Flash Gordon. I have no idea who he is. I've oh, never neither. seen him again. After he was in some TV show, and I was reading some trivia earlier. He was in a TV show on American television, and Dino De Laurentiis saw him, wanted him for the part. He was the host of a game show. Yeah, That's that, where he saw him. But um, <laughs> I have no idea. He's, Me either. And I've not seen him since. Um, I don't... He looks like the type who might have been on, like, Dallas and on Love Boat like handsome, and Fantasy Island and stuff. Um, he was supposed to be a blonde-haired, blue-eyed, handsome American. Mm-hmm. And I was reading the trivia also, and he... He, they made him, he doesn't have blue eyes, but they made him blue contact lenses, but he couldn't wear them because they irritated his eyes. Mm. So he's a green-eyed, um, blonde-haired American. But um, Who made him that shit? Hitler? I don't that know. he had to be blonde-haired, blue-eyed. To, to be the savior of the universe. <laughs> yeah, let's, um, let's get over that, shall we? So, Never mind that I'm blonde hair and blue-eyed. And the thing is, about you know, I've got this attachment to this movie. It was never about Flash Gordon. No, is that weird? I didn't either. So that's not what is the big deal for me. Now, the big deal for me was the women, but Ming was the big deal for me. I I loved Ming. Um, He was good, man. Ming's played by Max von Sydow. He took Um, it semi-seriously, I think. He did. I think he's awesome as it. He is awesome. I think it... Do you know the menacing feel that Darth Vader has? Yes. He has exactly that. I agree. Completely. They obviously said. You can tell even in the way... When he's first revealed... He approaches... It's... Do you know what? We want to make this... Star Wars has already been... We we need this to be as menacing as Star Wars was. And it's very obvious they're trying to do it. It doesn't succeed 100%, but... It's menacing enough. And it, and he does something right near the beginning. With the uh, sacrifice thing. Yeah. That makes you immediately clear that this guy just doesn't fuck around. Like it, You can't mess with him. And then, you know... Yeah. He orders his own daughter to be flogged. Tortured. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, so And he, then tossed away. Yeah, so he's not... I, that's The big deal for me was Ming. I wanted to see more Ming adventures. I, you know, it wasn't Flash Gordon, and that's a funny thing, because... Yeah. Flash Gordon, to me... Can you say, honestly, that Star Wars was about Skywalker? Not really. It's about... For me, it was about uh, Han Solo, right? He was the hero. Oh, I thought you were going to say Darth Vader. Darth Vader. The bad guy, but for... Star Wars, for me, was like Princess Leia and Han Solo. I like them the best. Really? There's a lot of things to like in that movie, though, isn't there? You could say Chewbacca's your favourite. Chewbacca's my favourite. Or the robots are your favourite. You know, like... Chewbacca and Obi-Wan. So, no, I was never the Luke Skywalker. I mean, but, yeah, I could understand why people... Yeah, he's supposed to be the hero guy, and yet you think more... You think Darth Vader. And this movie's weird, because obviously it's called Flash Gordon. Everything is Flash Gordon, but it was never about Flash Gordon for me. 
Because I know he's going to save the day. <laughs> um, obviously, right? That's what he's there for. I mean, he, the song says it. Um, so, secondly, there's Melody Anderson as Dale Arden. She's good. I like her. She's in other 80s movies as well, but I always liked her. I don't know her either. She had this sort of pouty... She had moments, though, of, um, like, trying to defy the the woman in... uh the, What's it called? Woman in distress or whatever. Damsel in distress thing. And yet... And there was a lot more, I could see that, you know, like on the brink of the 80s when women's roles start changing a little bit, you could I see that kind of thing. she did a good it. job. Somebody said to her, you know these 1930s serials that exactly. were popular, be like that. And I but, think she did a good job of being like that. But add, she had moments a, of a modern ser- yeah, clarity. Um, even more than Princess Leia, like, you know, when she's convincing the slave girl to drink the stuff and yeah. she kind of lightens up a bit. And, you know, I think she was really, uh, I really, I'd have to look her up and see what else she's she been in. But I know she's in... Other 80s movies as a young starlet kind of one. And Max von Sydow's Emperor Ming. I don't need to say much about him. He's it was really he's good. He's the star of the show. It might he totally His is. His costume is a bit like not menacing. It's almost comical nowadays. But when he starts talking for real, you're like, okay, this guy. It's, is. it's exactly Darth Vader. It's like you know, yeah, his costume. Uh, this viewing especially <laughs> when he comes out of his thing and he's got his little toy sword. And his weird eyebrows all painted that, on. That's what kind of... He comes out in his little costume. You know that one, that black... Um, yeah, yeah. That looks that... like a hairstyle. <laughs> Hat. Yeah. He's wearing that and he's got his little toy plastic sword. It just it's looks like Lego. Real... He's got Lego hair on. Because <laughs> it's pl- like this... <laughs> and it's obviously a little toy plastic sword. And he walks out and he's supposed to be really... Some guy, The guy's asking him about what they should do and he's giving some orders and... It well, is... he's got that ring. Why does he need a sword? I don't get it. I don't know. It's, it's quite hard to like, take him seriously. But but um, when he starts talking, then yeah. you're like, okay, this guy is serious. Okay. And then uh, you've got uh, Topol as Dr. Hans Zarkov, who I never understood that name, Topol. That was his stage name, I guess. But um, he's been in several things. And mm. Wasn't he in like a Superman movie? Um, anyway. I think he plays the mad yeah. scientist guy quite well, and yeah, yeah. it's quite—it's quite a funny scene when you first meet him. And <laughs> well, I don't want to explain the whole thing, but when they like, where, where's the telephone? Is it in there? It always kind of yeah. made me think. Are people? They like, didn't say is it in there. He said uh, the telephone. Yeah, in is here. in there in this thing that looks exactly like a rocket ship. If you just looked up. <laughs> um, but the thing is, it, it's that it's like that old uh, horror movie thing where they yep. say it's down there in the basement. Oh, okay, I'll go and have a look. It's yeah. like that. I'm going to go in this cave and look for the yeah. thing I dropped, even though there's a giant yeah. spider on the loose. Yeah, you know? it's the same. so but it's funny. Um, yeah, yeah. And then you've got uh, Princess Aura, who um, is Amelia Muti. Is that right? Multipass. Multipass. Um, oh man, the, you're making me want to watch that again. She's the sexy uh, daughter. She's um, she's good. She's to me the star of the she's show. She's an 11 year old's uh, wet dream, I would say. Um, Not a 40 year old's wet. In dream. fact, I discussed it with uh, <laughs> I, mean, come on. I discussed it with my friend this week. We were talking about Flash Gordon, and both of us, the first thing we said was like, "Oh, do you remember that princess?" Like, and I obviously I was, and like the scenes in this that are so like. She's wearing next to nothing. There's the torture scene, which yeah. is like a buttocks are like absolute. You know, they they made it so it's her buttocks. How sweet! They made it so it's the perfect um, view, angle. Yeah. Angle everything like it. It's it's like Megan Fox leaning over the bike in Transformers. There you go, a modern example. Yeah. 
of how women are Triple trained, eight. girls are trained to be the damsel in distress, can be sassy. You can be handy with a gun, but you still need to be saved. And boys are trained to think you have to come along and beat the shit out of everybody. Uh-huh. And then in the end, grab the girl lusciously and kiss her as if she's Oh, you could put Transformers saved. right sure. alongside this movie, couldn't you? Because it's... Um, and I know that one's about robots and stuff, but the damsel in distress, etc. thing kind of... Uh, sexy ladies. It's, she's not so much a damsel in distress as she is this spunky female nothing. Which, <laughs> you know, Dale Arden has also in this movie. Because to me, like uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, she, Marion, is like yeah, yeah. a brilliant female character. She needs to be saved a couple of times, right? But overall, she's one of my favorite from when I was young women She in gives a movie. him shit. Like, she tells him that she... And in the beginning, she owns that bar, she drinks that guy under the table, and yet there's a mixture of how... You know, she needs him and he needs her kind of a thing. So, so yeah, Princess Aura. Um, She's good, though. I liked her. I think, for my opinion, an Italian she had the actress, biggest let's say. impact for me on the movie. In a good way. I thought she was really... She did a good job and uh, She had a quite a big impact on me. As well. And all of it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, uh, next, uh, Timothy Dalton turns up... Uh, the uh, Time Lord himself. I feel like he... Uh, time Lord slash James Bond. Prince Baron. I feel um, like he's... a Maybe, would it have been beneath him a bit at the time? Somebody did say in the extras that this director had access to big name actors. Very serious actors. So he was obviously brought on board by the director who had fingers in. Dino De Laurentiis is also there to produce. So I feel like, I mean, he did a fine job. It's just that he elevates different scenes and dialogue a little bit higher than maybe what the rest of it is. I don't know if it's He also has a fabulous mustache. Fabulous mustache and that. He's based on, like, Robin Hood. That's what they said, but... If I, I always of, got the idea of that. I always if, got the idea of Robin. Like, Batman and Robin. The costume. Because he has that weird... It's like yeah. a grass version of... Uh, He's what? got, like, a belt with his weird, tucked-in yeah. shirt, and it's woven. Like, his. <laughs> it's awesome. Really. I mean, it's Timothy Dalton in a weird leaf suit. Leotard. <laughs> leaf suit. Um, what about that battle on that thing? That was pretty awesome. That yeah, was one of my was favorite a, scenes in the movie. Yeah, that, that circular used thing. Used to that freak me out. Like total. One. They could make a new video game of this movie. They'll be awesome. Kind of like Discs of Tron. Remember the? No, you've seen. I fell Tron. asleep. Oh really? Yeah. Well, there's a. It's it's like Where spikes that. come up and everything. It's like a booby trapped. Because um, that circular thing and the spikes start coming up. I mean, that was awesome. Yeah, and they have whips. Yeah, it's real old school. <laughs> um. And, yeah, spikes, whips, and uh, a remote control. Yeah, they got a great big remote control. <laughs> Pass me the remote control, he shouts or something. Pass me the remote control. <laughs> so, yeah, speaking of that, that's Brian Blessed as uh, Prince Vulton, is the, mem- is the head of the bird people. I think he, more than any... The hawk people. I hawk think people. he, more than anybody else, gets the campiness. Because he does the the funny gestures and the winky thing and, like, his I, voice I, is... <laughs> I'm not, I don't find that shit funny, right? You know, where, no, he's, no. where he's bonking people on the head and stuff. But when I was a kid, I loved that part. It kind of made me giggle. Like, yeah, yeah, of course. And now it still makes me giggle because I think of me giggling as a kid at that. <laughs> it's not... A, if I saw it now, fresh, it would I would be like, oh, God, come on. you got to have that, though, because yeah. you don't want to think this is supposed to be taken seriously. So you have that little bit of, like, Three's Company-esque, you know? Yeah, sort of it's, like it's, Black it's Adder, the Three Stooges the stumbly, yeah, yeah, the stumbly... But he's also very bold and brave and all that stuff. Yeah. But I think he did... I mean, he's the perfect guy, because he's, like, real booming voice and, like, you know... <laughs> and then finally, I put Richard O'Brien as Fico down, um, who is the Rocky Horror Show guy, the bald guy. 
Um, I only put him down because... Who's he? Huh? Who was he? He's from the Rocky Horror Show. I haven't he seen He wrote him. and he, he created the Rocky Horror Show. He's also in it. Um, I haven't seen but it. But you know the bald guy? In no. The, in the forest. The guy who dropped down into... Yes. Oh, okay. Yes, okay. He's the creator and writer of the Rocky Horror Show and... That needs to be added to the list of movies that I should have seen, but I haven't. Yeah, you can probably pick that up on Netflix, I'm sure, and watch it. Um, it's not my favourite, but he is. That's why I mentioned him. Um, so this is directed by uh, Mike Hodges. You also directed Get Carter, the original, with Michael Caine. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> The Omen 2, Damien, um, which I really liked a lot. Did you? I don't remember it. No, I liked it. it. Was in fact, I almost liked it better than the first one. Oh, the third one, I didn't like. Freaking creepy, man! Yeah. Um, and he did a bunch of other TV stuff, but uh, as far as the extras, when they were talking about the director, he was a big deal to them, mm. wasn't he? He sounded like he was. Um, he'd have already made the Omen too, I guess. So, and that was a big hit. So, wasn't that in the eighties? Omen two. I thought that was end of the seventies. Oh. Like I thought the Omen was like seventy five. Oh, maybe. Um, so, um, do you, were you just touching your armpit? Blu-ray just extras. Asking. No, I was scratching underneath my arm. So Blu-ray not extras on, uh, on uh, <laughs> this Blu-ray. Um, it has a couple of extras, not many. Not many and not enough for me. But it has Alex Ross, renowned comic artist on Flash Garden. That was a good one. Which is awesome because he's... He's the guy I feel like the, he's me. He drew the oh, I mean, he drew I the mean, cover. Just to say who he is, he drew the cover, and he did. He's uh, a comic book guy, right? Artist. And he's doing a comic book version of the movie. It looked like um, from sketches they were showing during his thing, and everything he said, you just kept going, yeah, that's yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, everything. That's exactly what because he, he feels he's, like he's reminiscing about the movie, yeah, and saying he's the he's the guy who's probably watched this movie more than anybody in the world because he's just watches. He loves it. Everything about it. Every once in a while, he just has to watch it. And if you tell people you love it and they say, oh, God, that was terrible, they just don't get it. Right. Which is right. Right. Um, when you love something and you truly want other people to enjoy it the same way you do, it's so, it's difficult to think, why don't you understand why this is awesome? But then again, for this, it's good to be its own little pocket of people, I um, think. And when we, really talk, when we talk about DVD covers and like, oh, God, well, we know that this one was designed specifically. This um, was out on DVD a few, three years ago, and he, that's when he designed this mm. cover. Um, but it was designed for the anniversary of the... And, it looks like an action figure, doesn't it? Yeah, it's actually really good. I mean, it's a comic book. Yeah. Um, I'd like it as a poster. I think it's a good... Cover. Um, so, yeah, I think this is a good cover. Is it's a little it? too Thor for me, with the sword up in the air. Because he doesn't really fight with the sword very much. No, but it looks... You know what I'm saying? It looks heroic, and uh, I like the... And you saw him doing it uh, in yeah. the extra. Well, you know me. I'm going to like any time I watch somebody... Yeah, and something. then there's a second extra, which is writing... And this one's also really good. Writing yeah. the classic screenwriter, Lorenzo Semple Jr. So you meet the screenwriter guy who... <laughs> He's funny. You also said he he's totally... It. I get it. has him. a really interesting... Because obviously he lived and breathed and made this movie, you know, wrote this movie. Um, he has a very interesting... Some interesting stories to tell that you... I, I was kind of like, no way, that's just like... Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't feel like... Like he was saying, I had to go meet some guy. The guy. Yeah, and some of it can crack your illusions or your... Delusions, whatever you have for this movie, if you if you truly are devoted, like you think you you think it's one thing, and he's going to tell you. My favorite story. He wrote it. It's not what you think. My favorite story <laughs> he tells. A little story is um, that the art director 
guy. Yeah. They would go on the set, and he said it was supposed to be a forest location, and the set, he'd walk in the room, and it'd look like an underground cave. And he'd say to the guy, this isn't what we want. We want a, a forest This wasn't location. in the script, and the guy says... And the guy says, I, I, don't read the, I don't ever read the script, so... Yeah. And plus, that guy was Italian. <laughs> this guy's American. Neither one of them spoke, French. but they both spoke some French, so that's how they communicated. Stuff like that is interesting. And this guy was just like, it's great that this is a cult favorite, but like we weren't taking it seriously. He said, I, and, I like, wish we could have advertised it at yeah. the time as uh, this will be a cult favorite in the future because maybe you watch it. Maybe those people who do watch it now would have come and seen it. But the it problem there. with cult favorites is those people don't buy movie tickets. Yeah. Um, and then the final extra on here uh, is the first episode of the 1936 version with Buster Crab, which is essentially the first act of this movie yeah, yeah. Um, in the old style. I think they should have put the whole thing on, really. Like, I, I, have I to mean, say, I find her super sexy. That chick. Yeah, like, very. It, whoa, man! Super, her voice and her. She's not like a weekly damsel in distress kind of a chick, and that's what I was saying about movies from the '30s and early '40s, uh, particularly like Catherine Hepburn and stuff. If you watch, it kind of shatters that idea. Like I have in my mind that all movies from the '20s, '30s, '40s, and '50s have you know the sweet little woman who has no. They're actually more meteor roles, almost meteor, meteor than the modern version of her. What's her name? D- Dale Arden. Dale Arden. Right. So I really liked her. And the guy was pretty cool. I mean, they, they seemed to take it more seriously. Buster Crab was super yeah. famous back in the, you know, um, but yeah. It's, what was he in there? Just the son of a professor? Was he a football player? He didn't really, we didn't get to that, did we? Uh in this first episode. I mean, they, would have, they didn't explain it. They said he was coming. And- but it, it's in the vibe of... And it's kind of funny, because when we watched The Wolfman, another mm-hmm. um, Universal Blu-ray, the other week, and there was a the original Wolfman movie, it actually opens almost like this movie. It, it could have been the same set. I think it's just the style. And if you yeah. if you put together a bunch of movies today... Men in suits with their hands in the pockets, standing talking. Yeah. You know, it's very... Yeah, very, yeah. It, almost identical. I, I was watching thinking... There was this distinct way of making something in those days, and that's what they did. There is now, though. When yeah. you think about movies like Funny People and that genre, the Judd Apatow, those all start and have a... a some, yeah. Not just his. A, I mean, comedy, romantic comedy movies start a certain way. Drama movies start a certain way. And so. this this died... This, um, another thing was they were both looking for a space telescope at the, yeah. on both... <laughs> On the, the Wolfman and on this one. So it's kind of weird. Must have been a new thing, then. Yeah. Uh, and then it also says extras and more, but there wasn't and more, in my opinion, unless BD Live has something. But um, I didn't check out BD Live, so... Um, Can't un- un- I feel that it's light on extras. I would like... I'd oh. definitely like a commentary track with the writer. I would also like one of those um, animated comic book things that they do sometimes. Take the original comic book and animate it a bit. I believe that the writer, though, the guy who was... And and even the um, guy who drew this cover would, would oh he'd be an awesome commentary yeah what about Brian commentary. May on a commentary track about the, creating the music for the movie I mean I remember <laughs> was he doing some drugs then maybe maybe there was lots of I felt watching this movie lots of moments where I felt like everybody was doing drugs <laughs> and if you were behind doing the drugs, scenes and in front be of the scene. <laughs> do you know what I'm saying if I'm like wasted man this would be awesome <laughs> it probably would um, but I liked it not. Me too. So, um, the conclusion for the disc, I think the disc is a bit lacking. I don't know, maybe the 40th anniversary of this movie, (laughs) they'll dig up a bunch of stuff and we'll get like a super, I think the movie looks perfect. Um, Like I say, the sound's a little bit lacking for me. But 
it didn't. It's the best I've ever seen it. And you've seen it a lot. Um, and I still had fun. Absolute fun. I knew what was going to happen every second. I can imagine you putting that in and just popping it on every once in a while because it's just like one of those things. If you're doing something else but you want something going on, it's your totally computer. fun. It's fun. Um, if you like sci-fi, I imagine like Ron Burgundy. You haven't put him on for a while. I did. I was watched it last week. <laughs> Um, that's one of those that you have memorized almost because you watched it every day. For yeah, like that's two a months. modern day classic for me. <laughs> you know, because it's not particularly old, is it? That's Anchorman. Gankerman, yeah. Um So uh, yeah, uh, I recommend this. I do too. Purely not purely for nostalgic reasons. I no, think no. People of today should see it too. I think so because you can't just think that Avatar, Avatar, or modern action movies. There's a moment like Avatar in this movie. When they flew past, the, they flew past the planet thing, and it's like those rocks hanging in space. And she said, "It's such a place." I was like, "Whoa, that's oh, right. like Avatar. the floating mountain looking thing." It yeah, al- almost looks the same. It did not almost look the same. That was sarcasm. That was your eleven-year-old brain talking. <laughs> <laughs> but you can't. You don't. You know what I mean? Open, broaden your horizons a bit. Don't like. You're one of those people too. Without trying to, though, you want everything to just keep progressing. But I don't think it's always progression. I mean, it's always better. I think sometimes something like this. As an experience, I like seeing the, the flaws and stuff. I think it's good. So, um, thumbs up? Thumbs up. Even though we don't do thumbs Toes up? Toes up. Nose up. Don't put your nose up at it. <laughs> yeah, nose down. Okay, so uh, thanks to Universal for the review. Next week's review will be, all being well, that's if uh, it arrives on time, will be Greenberg um, hmm. on Blu-ray, which is Ben Stiller. Um, Last week was Green Zone. This yeah. Next week will be Greenberg. Interesting. <laughs> um, and... Uh, I want to say you can go and enter a contest on the site. Just go to aschoolie.com and try and win something. Um, movie recommendations for this week. I, the first one's not really a movie for me, but it's something I was thinking of my childhood and something I loved, and it's uh, Doctor Who. Like, just Doctor Who in general. I mean, there's a lot of Doctor Who to choose from, right? So yep. if, you, if you like... I've watched a few of those originals, and they're pretty good. And, you know... We were watching some of the very beginning ones. Now, that was totally different, but... but um, I saw an interview with Ozzy Osbourne this week and he said, I love classic Doctor Who because when an alien comes in the room, it's almost like they've got an egg carton on their head. That's, yeah. just, that's about the extent of the uh, you know, special effects. So, yeah, it's hokey. Some of the old stuff is got interesting ideas, but they didn't very, have the... Yeah, very uh, big ideas. May, oh. Maybe not the... Um, maybe they didn't have the thing to pull it off fully, but it is good. And then obviously there's new Doctor Who, which uh, finished this weekend. We haven't seen the end yet. No. Um, and my other uh, recommendation is uh, the original Superman. The, not the original Superman, but Superman the Christopher Reeve versions, which were around the time of Flash Gordon. Mm. And they were also my other, lot, played a lot on the VCR um, movies. We had all of them. Um, and I feel that they have some of the Flash Gordon they're not quite as psychedelic and weird, yeah. but there is some of this kind of... Yeah, yeah. Ma- the way it's made is very similar. Like, you could It's say- like a step up from that, though, because when you want to start borderline, let's be more realistic, if yeah. you can say that. Um, you know, I mean, he... But it was before CG of- and the yeah. special effects that were like this, you know, practical, yeah. all of it. Practical, yeah. Yeah. So they're my recommendations, and yours are? And mine are Barbarella. Because I got that total vibe. Yeah, totally. Um, That has a female lead, which is Jane Fonda, and the blind angel guy. And I need to watch it again to get it all back in my mind. But it's really trippy. Yeah, and titillating. 
very titillating because in, in the beginning she's naked, yeah. floating in the capsule. You mm-hmm. know, I remember the first time I saw it on bar, our HBO. I I was probably ten or eleven, and I'm sitting there like, and I was late at night probably because I used to watch TV like all night long. <laughs> very, very, very unsimilar to how I am now, <laughs> watching movies alone. And I was just like, oh my god, what is this movie? Because you know, when you're a kid, you're anything that's nudity, you're like. <gasps> I'm being, bad. I'm being bad. I'm going to watch it. And I was just like, holy crap. And then the whole thing, I was like this, doing the thing where my elbows are on the floor, laying in front of our crappy console television with my eyes wide open, like, oh, my God, you know, crazy. I think, no, it wasn't at my house. I was at either my brother or my sister because they lived in a bigger town with cable. One for me that would fit into that category is Dudley Moore in 10. <laughs> you would have been older than a kid, though. I was... You're a teenager. Younger. Then. And it was on. And it's not really for kids. No, and you're just like, oh my god. And Bo Derek's Arthur is one of those movies that as soon as it starts, I am, I'm there. Yeah. I mean, I know every word of that movie. Oh, yeah. So my other uh, recommendation is Buckaroo Banzai, which also had that weird 80s um, sort of rub. Because, you know, Flash Gordon has an element of rebel against the tyranny that's happening. So did Star Wars. And so is Buckaroo Banzai, sort of, in a more... Uh, idea kind of way i guess i don't remember it fully but i remember being like that's awesome when i was watching it as a kid so and my my third if I, is that peter weller yes not peter yeah peter Robocop weir guy. peter weir yeah i have to bring this up because this would be my third recommendation even though i don't have a third recommendation but i'll never bring it up again because i'll never remember it it's the tv show space 1999 right which um flash gordon doesn't remind me of but it's i used to watch that at the same time I'm going to just add it. Oh, I can't add it real quick. But. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's a TV show that was on in England. It was an American TV show, actually, that lasted two seasons. That um, Martin Lando was the hero of it. It wasn't like Flash Gordon. I said to you, it was kind of like Alien. It was like a cross between Star Trek and Alien, but more serious than Star Trek. It was a TV show that lasted like two seasons, and it it was scary. Probably isn't to me now, but I was a kid. And it What's was it called? Spaceship 1999? Just Space 1999. I'll have to check it. See if it's on Netflix or something. I don't think it's on Netflix, but I think we might be able to get the discs. And I really would like to see it again, because it was very progressive for the time, you know? It was a late 70s. And I disagree with everybody who says that Star Trek wasn't serious. I don't think you're paying attention. Star Trek had a bit of themes. both. Some serious themes, but yeah. then some whimsy. I mean, they were trapped in the whimsy of this kind of special effects you could do on television at the time. But the ideas were just the same as, like, Doctor Who. Uh, humankind and war and ideology. Come to think of it, Star Trek was quite titillating. The original series. It had its moments. It had a lot of uh, sexy chicks in there. I mean... They weren't super sexy, but he kissed them a lot, so... Yeah, uh, yeah, and, and Kirk with no shirt on and stuff, you know. It, it oh, had, yeah, that was highly it had that. That whatever's left, whatever is seventies leftover thing so. with the the guy who's basically holding his chest up and the, the, this thing. Yeah, <laughs> I think men do <laughs> the girdle look without a girdle. Yeah. So um, yeah, they're the recommendations for this week. So uh, quickly, I've not got that much to say this week, but games and a scully stuff. I've been playing. Um, we talked a lot about the movie more than normal. This is a game from a while ago. I was playing um, Just Cause Two. It's not like a new game, but we dug it out last week and. Me and my nephew were playing it. And it's really fun. We played it for, like, all night, I think. So uh, it's just Cause 2, and I, I believe you can get it for nineteen ninety nine now because it's an older one, um, and it's really fun. Secondly, I was I mentioned this last week, but I was playing on live, which it, 
I explained kind of a little bit, but it's this new ser- service in North America. And how would you explain it? Oh, Cla- we didn't do the video. No, how would you explain it? What do you mean? It's just an online video. No, it's like brand new. It's not just. It's like um. I mean, it is just. You go on there and you can play the games from their servers. It's not a game you have to download or anything. The game is running on their CPU on their graphics card. You get the feed and you play live. It's instantaneous. You're playing a 720p video stream of a game that's playing in a data center, Hmm. and you're playing the video stream. Like using remote desktop to play a game, yeah. I yeah, guess. Yeah. That's the best way of explaining it. It's got a really cool interface. You can kind of watch anybody on the service it's play a game. It's futuristic because if you look at the thumbnails of everybody is, playing All games, the games movie. are running right in front of you, like dozens of them. Yeah. And you just click on one and it zooms in and you can observe somebody else playing their game. Just follow them the, around. And it's instant. Like if there's a thumbnail of somebody playing a game, and it's not a thumbnail, it's a video. Mm-hmm live footage of them playing. A thumbnail video. You click on them, it zooms in immediately and you're watching them. And then you zoom back out, go to another person. It's really slick and very... Now, we played Just Cause 2 on there, which is the PC version of Just Cause 2. And I don't know if it was that particular night, but we kept getting disconnected. Um, now, I've played some demos this week and not been disconnected at all, so... I was also watching net- something on Netflix, yeah. streaming. So now, it, this is very dependent on your internet connection. At the moment how it works. I mean, it's not a beta, it is launched. But you can't use Wi-Fi. You have to be wired to use the service. If you are on a laptop with Wi-Fi, it will tell you you better plug into the the router for it to work, which I understand because you do need a lot of bandwidth to do this. You need a 5 megabit connection or above. We have like a 12 megabit connection. But, I mean, it has to be constantly 5 megabit. If it drops at any point, you're going to get interference in your game. So... There are, like, Kavits, I guess, but they, they've only got one data center at the moment, which is, like, in Texas mm. or somewhere. So wherever you're playing in the U.S., it's the U.S. only at the moment, you're connecting to this data center in Texas. Now, they say they're going to expand the data center so they're all across the country. Now, that could make the service a lot better because if, if our data center was in Columbia, which is just down the road... Just so everybody knows, I work in a data center. Yeah, our ping time would be... Like, say our ping time's 80 mm. milliseconds to yeah, Texas. Yeah, times be... you get a hit to mouse. Yeah, so, it, like, when you're playing on Xbox Live, you need a good ping time. You also, you... So how much is this service? All right, this service is free for the first year if you Starting sign... when? If you signed up a couple of weeks ago. That's what I'm saying. It's not free just because... If you signed up a year from now, it won't be free. It's only free this no, year. No, it's going to... Yeah, after this year... When it is a paid service, it will be four ninety nine a month just to have the service. That's without playing any games. Hmm. So four ninety nine for just having the application on your computer per month. Per month. But what it does do well is all the games on the service you can buy them, which doesn't mean you own it specifically. It actually says in the text. Say I buy, they're called passes. So say I pick. Lego Batman, and I want to play Lego Batman, and I think, oh, that looks a cool game, I'll play it now. I have three options. For three ninety nine, I can rent it for a night, which means I play it for 24 hours, and then I have Accesses, to play it. yeah. Yeah. There's three ninety nine for that. There's four ninety nine for um, five days, or, depending on the game, like, say... 
Lego Batman costs twenty nine ninety nine in the stores. Well, they'll charge you twenty nine ninety nine, and that'll be the it's called the lifetime pass. But in small print next to it, it'll say you can play this game until March the twenty seventh, two thousand and thirteen. Mm. So. Don't think you're buying that game for good because you have to be an on-live subscriber to play it. Right, so the best really option is the five-day thing. Five-day, because five most of the games on there, and I was looking at them, and they're not shitty games. It's like the newest Splinter Cell, Dirt 2. Plus demos. You played the new Harry demos, Potter demo. Assassin's Creed 2, Lego Harry Potter. You know, it's all the brand new games. If you are if you can play them in a week, yeah, I think it's actually a good model, five ninety nine for uh, four ninety nine. I think sometimes five ninety nine. If you keep that connection going, but up. for a whole week, that is a nice rental scheme because there are games where I would pay that to just, just to play one game for you know I don't think I want to buy this game but I'd like to play it. Um, and any game that's in the store that you can purchase, you can try for thirty minutes. Mm-hmm. So you can launch any game and play it for thirty minutes, and when your thirty minutes is up. It pops up a screen and says, do you want to buy a pass now? Do you want to carry on playing or do you just want to drop The only that? problem is one night should only be like a dollar. It should, but it's new and mm. I'm imagining they're trying the prices. But I actually think four ninety nine, five ninety nine for a whole week is fine because that's how much Blockbuster would charge yes. you for a game disc. And if you can get it immediately, there's no loading on these games as well. That's an amazing thing. When you launch Assassin's Creed 2, even on the 360, you have to wait for the game to load. This just comes on, like, you're at the title screen As long as you keep your internet connection, that's the thing that's, that's the caveat. That, it's a, you it's know. a cool service. Um, it's very limited at the moment. I'm lucky to be in there. I mean, they're not, you can't just go on the site now and sign up and play it. You have to go in a waiting line because I guess they don't want to overload the service, you know, and then it'll be shitty for everybody. So, mm. um, you can try it. You can, I mean, you can go to onlive.com, sign up, and you'll get in there eventually. But I am in there at the moment, and I will keep trying it over the weeks and tell you if it gets any better. Because at the moment, there's only the launch lineup of games, which is about 15 games as far as I can see. You should um, plug in my laptop, because you said it's made for people who may not have the powerful computer or, like, people with Macs. But I have, like, my laptop. Now and my laptop does play games. Your laptop would play games anyway. I mean, oh, my own laptop. Yeah. That would be a good one to try. Plug it in to the... Editor. There are minimum specifications mm. that you need your computer to have. And one of them is a dual-core oh. um, CPU. Um, now, my netbook has a dual-core CPU. Now, my netbook's not very powerful, but it can run a 720p video stream. So if I plug my netbook into the yeah, browser, I would it. be able to try it. Yeah, I, I mean, I can imagine it would work, as long as I'm... Plugged uh, in, yeah. Eventually, they're going to support Wi-Fi, but the... The prob- what will it what it will be is you'll have to drop it down to like a YouTube size window. Mm. But if you some people might be fine to do that on Wi Fi on the netbook just to play like a puzzle game or something that's not so Not me. I wouldn't pay the same price for that. No, that, I don't think that I think that will be cheaper the, ah. the lower. Like like you'll be able say you say you're into Bejeweled 2 and they've got that on their service. Now doesn't necessarily need to be 720p high def bejeweled too. Yeah, but it? you don't want this big in the middle. Well, of the not screen. that big. You could still full screen it. It'd just be a lower bit rate the right. video that's coming to you, and it'd look maybe blocky sometimes. But as a trade-off, sure. like because maybe your notebook can't even play that game. Then you, and yet the other big deal about it is people with a Mac who can't play most games because not all games come out for Mac. In fact, very few do can play any game that's available on the online service, on the Mac. So 
you know, that could be a good selling point for those people. So that's on live. Um, I can't give it a thumbs up, thumbs down really yet. I think I need more time with it. Uh, the other thing I have to mention, you can plug in an Xbox 360 controller into your PC. Hmm. And it works seamlessly. The interface, all the games, nice. everything. Um, so you don't need to use mouse and keyboard. Why Xbox? Um, because, funnily enough, the Xbox 360 controller has become the controller standard for PCs. Hmm. Like, when the Xbox 360 controller came out with the wired one, like the USB one that I've got, um, all the game companies decided to switch to it. And now every PC game just supports it out of the box. So Not the PS3 one? PS2? That doesn't even work with the PC because hmm. it's Bluetooth. So Well, it does, but... It... No wired one. The PlayStation controller, there isn't a wired one. Wow. They make a wireless one and that's it. And you can get it hooked up to a PC, but it's not. Yeah, um, yeah okay. But because Windows 7 supports um, it by default, everything mm. works. So um, third thing I've been playing on the DS, this week uh, Puzzle Quest 2 came out, which is the sequel to Puzzle Quest, obviously. Um, you know what Puzzle Quest is. I don't know if you really played the original. No. It's Bejeweled but integrated into an RPG. So you're kind of like, um, you're playing an RPG. Like, you've got characters on the screen, you go and get quests, like a World of Warcraft almost, but it's like an isometric 2D kind of deal. But when you have to fight a monster, it's basically a game of Bejeweled, but it has set rules to it. It's not just like, play Bejeweled. It's like, this game, you're trying to fight this dragon, you have to clear all the purple gems off the board before right. he does kind of thing. There's always different. So it's a puzzle game with a story, but it essentially is Bejeweled, but it's really fun. I mean, it's hard to put down when you start playing it. Oh, yeah. It's on the DS, um, which I've been playing this week, and it works really well on the DS, to be honest, with the stylus. I mean, stylus is perfect for Bejeweled. Um, but this Wednesday, it's coming out on Xbox Live Arcade. Um, I think it's going to be $15, which might sound like a lot, but I think this game is like a 70-hour game. Like, you could be right. playing it from now till Christmas and still not finish if you're just casual about it. So it's coming up this week. It's on the DS now. I think it's twenty nine ninety nine on the DS. So the Xbox Live version is actually cheaper. Um, the next thing I have on the list is uh, Steam, which is, we've mentioned before, which is a PC, what do you call it, game delivery service, mm -hmm. is having this huge sale at the moment. And I'm not talking like a shitty little sale. I'm talking like some of the latest games, most games, well, just new games. Like the other night I spent $15. I came away with six games. Nice. I'm not talking like little shitty games. I'm talking like Fuel, which is a a racing game for the PC that cost $50 last week. It was $4. Um, I got a puzzle game for $0.99, cents, which... There's a puzzle game I had my own called Puzzle Kingdoms, which is similar to Puzzle Quest, but for 99 cents. Do you think maybe they're getting the idea that if you make games a reasonable price for people who work for a living, that they will buy them? Yeah. And, and not just go, $60, screw you. You know what I mean? Like, you you buy six games for $15. That's $15 they didn't have before. Yeah, exactly. And there's, you get a bunch of games. They may not be brand, brand new, but, I mean, it doesn't... That's the idea, is I mean, like this sale, it happens... Every day, right? So from now until July the 4th. So if you log on to steampower.com, you get the client, you can see the store. Now, every tw every 24 hours, they put 
five or six new games up that are discounted. Um, and then it lasts for 24 hours. There's a timer. You have to buy it before the 24 hours is out or the price goes back to normal. But this week they've had like the Rockstar collection, which is like everything that Rockstar has made from like the first Grand Theft Auto to the Ballad of Gay Tony, all the way, like everything. Manhunt, Bully, everything, all of it. And I mean, it's like, I think it's, and Max Payne was in it. You know, anything that Rockstar's made. Um, all of those games were forty nine ninety nine for the entire pack. Not individually. All of them Everything, together. Like all like if it was thirty games, all thirty games for um forty nine ninety nine. Which you might think Oh forty nine ninety nine, that sounds steep. Well no, that's like the price of one game generally. Yeah. GTA four would be fifty nine ninety nine and that's in this bundle, so it's crazy. I mean they had like um all of they had like they also have some cool indie packs which are like they threw together all the best indie games that normally cost like ten dollars each. Well, they've put ten in a pack for a dollar. Right. So you can find some good stuff on there if you have a look. And every day it changes, and you can spend twenty dollars and have enough games to last you all month or more. Did you, you know? get the box of crap on Woot? No, <laughs> impossible to get. <laughs> Not impossible. Somebody does it every time. Um. So that's uh, the games for this week. Next week, there's uh, quite a few games coming out. Um, Naughty Bear, which is a teddy bear, that, a psychotic teddy bear. Let's talk about it. It's for the 360. The new Transformers game, which I'm hearing really good things about. It's not anything to do with the movies. It's to do with the TV show, the, mm. old, the old one. So I'm looking forward to that. And it's Optimus the, Prime. It's the... The game is actually the prequel to everything. Oh, nice! Like on their planet. So it before really, they came here, sounds to really cool. Yeah, their war, how their war is, how it happened. So um, I'm interested in playing that Toy Story three, the game, which I've had for a week, just not got round to. I will let you know how it is. And Lego Harry Potter also on Tuesday. Um, and then last item on my list, I put the World Cup, but we kind of discussed that at the beginning. So that's everything for me this week. Uh, what have you got for this week? What's for dinner? We're going to have some pasta with some nice, just some garlicky, oniony sauce and some of your, some fake meat of some kind. We've got, call it fake meat. We like to call them corn balls. <laughs> what, what, what are you? Vegetables. What you like to, we like to call them. We like what, to call them. Missourians. <laughs> Me and you. Oh, okay. We're the only we I can speak for. Um, I also want to say that Futurama is back. It was one of my favorite animated TV shows, and I've watched the first episode. It was funny, but I have to watch it again. It's one of those, like, I don't know if they're trying a little too hard, or it's not this, it's the same voices. You said they were different, but they're the same. And um, So they changed some people or something. Maybe, but maybe not noticeable to me yet. I don't know. But um, I'm glad for that. Uh, I think it's some quality. I never watched it originally. Um, I, I think I saw one or two, just on Comedy Central at night. Yeah, but you it? have no sense of humor, so I can see why you don't like things like Family Guy, and so I understand. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then, um, walking off frustration is my next topic. The other night I was at work, and I'm telling you now, the difference in my personality the, it also covers the next topic, so I'll put it all together, right? I have a personality where I don't like, no, I don't dislike it. I hate being told what to do. I don't like you hinting at it. I don't like you telling me or anybody else. Go I make never have. Exactly. I don't no, like. I don't I'm like saying. pretending to tell me. I don't like jokingly tell me. I don't like it. 
I'll it pisses you. me off. I'll and on you. different days, it pisses me off at different levels. Sometimes I'm pissed off and I'm amused. And other days, I'm just plain pissed off. So at work, I'm the supervisor. Although I've worked with the same guy for as many years as I've been there. He's been there longer than me. He chooses not to be supervisor. So I'm supervisor. Um, and no matter where I am, he always has a habit of sending me a little message to say, oh, did you notice this? Oh, did you see that? Oh, did you notice you didn't do that? Why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? And I get irritated every single time. And this week, he asked me three or four times why I was doing something. And this other guy... And then all of a sudden, my thing changed. Someone changed the settings on the thing I was working on. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, my God. Don't hover over me. Don't tell me what to do. A, I know better than you how to do it. B, just don't do it. I fucking hate it. I mean, I was... I was... You just turned this podcast so then I into find the uh, explicit type. <laughs> so then I find out... I already said that word before. So then I find out it wasn't him. It was the other guy who changed it because... And the other guy has a completely different motivation. He's totally productive-minded. He doesn't... He's not... He totally does not tell you what to do or how to do it. But he wants to keep things moving. And he saw that this thing... My setting was a certain way. So he's like, oh, I'll change it so things can keep moving and keep moving ahead. Which was... That's why I had to go for a walk. Because I felt like you people are getting on. If you don't want me to do it my way, then guess what? I'll go home, which you all bitch and moan about every time I take the night off. Because it's like, oh, we're lost without you here to answer every single question we have. But when I am there, they're hovering over me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but then I was like, okay, I need to go outside. Because this is, is this personality that's rearing me up? Or is this the people? Right? So I had to go outside, walk around the entire building, which is about, it's quite a ways. It's three quarters of a mile around this big block. And it was hot and it's uphill half the way. And I was just, I was just steaming and I had to work out the difference between their motivations. One guy thinks it's funny and he's a fucking control freak. So he has to keep pecking at, pecking at, pecking at everybody, which drives me crazy. And the other guy truly. I still haven't emailed that guy back. Has a genuine motivation of just keeping things going, right? So when I was irritated, he could actually tell without me even saying anything. So when I came back from my walk, I said, oh, no, no, this is not, this is not you. This is the guy who would actually change my setting. I said, and I explained to him the difference between my reaction to things and being told what to do and understanding the difference between the person who's, what you actually mean. When you say to me, when you've told me three hours in advance, oh, I don't want to eat dinner till later. So I go on about my business. I'm doing my thing. And then you walk down the hall and you go, is dinner ready? And I'm like, what, what are you talking about? You said you're not, is it ready? When's it going to be ready? Meaning you want it right that second. You're telling me to get it ready. But you pretend like you're not. And that drives me crazy. So this was another thing. I'm like, but you're not. Should I just say, get it ready, woman? No. But the thing is, you're not malicious. You're just, you don't even understand what you're doing. So I give you the benefit of the doubt. And I love you. I don't love these other people. But just in life, I'm learning, trying to learn. (laughs) Are you saying that I just potter around the house not even knowing what's going on? (laughs) I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know know what I'm doing. No. (laughs) You have this tendency to think that everything you say and do is from the nicest, most positive place. But in fact, it is not. Sometimes you are being bossy and you're being demanding and controlling, but you don't know it. So I give you the benefit of the doubt. Because I love you. (laughs) I, I, I predict you've been this way your whole life. But I have to take a second in my mind... Not to go, fix your own damn supper, and be irritated and think to myself, oh, he's not actually, he is telling me to make dinner, but he's 
He doesn't understand why that's frustrating. If so, you said get whatever. your own supper, I'd say, oh, fine, you want some. Yeah, but why should I react that way? That's my point. Sometimes a person's motivation that irritates you isn't to irritate you. You have to separate the difference. The two guys at work, one guy does it because he knows it. He pushes every button that makes every noise that drives everybody crazy. He's the first one to throw a pallet on the ground because it makes a noise to make everybody jump. And he thinks it's hysterical. It's the devil and the angel on your shoulder. I don't think the other guy's an angel, but I, you know, I know their motivations are different. You know what I mean? One's a jokester, hover, control freak, and the other one just wants to get the work done. So I had to go for the walk. By the time I came back in, I had taken lots of deep breaths of hot, steamy air outside, and I was still irritated. And I made it clear to both of them, you know, if you want to do the print, which is what I was doing, like big, massive industrial print, you come in here and do it. No, I don't want to do it. Fair enough. Then don't tell me what to do. And the other guy said, I totally get what you're doing. You move. I mean, if I don't want you to do something, I'll let you know ahead of time because I understand. So if you find yourself in your life always being reactive to people because you think they're always attacking you to boss you around, they might be. But consider their actual motivation before you lash out because I can lash out. (laughs) Very severely. And I don't at you because I love you. It doesn't mean I don't feel it. You know what I'm saying? Um, Deep breaths of hot, steamy air sounds so refreshing. (laughs) Well, somehow it 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 relaxed me. And I was listening to some pod... I think I was listening... I don't forget what the podcast was. I think CADCAST, that big long one or something. Um, Maybe just music. I don't remember. But, you know, I'm learning. (sighs) (laughs) <laughs> I've been penting that up all week. That I'd like, get it out. That was a good rant. So. <laughs> there's not a rant. That's just my experience explaining to you. Maybe there's something in your life that you, somebody who, and we have, I have another guy at work who everything he says just makes me want to grit my teeth like I, I just say, did. And I, he, you know, I, I, I'm nobody to him. And yet I take it all personally and it's not personal. So I just have to figure out his motivation is different than I think it is. And that's it. I still think Sid Talk's rant is more snappy than what you just said. It's not rant. <laughs> rant anyway. is a bullshit internet term. I don't like it. No, that's not an internet term. That's You know what I'm saying. Modern way to say that somebody uh, has an opinion about something. It's not a rant. All right. Sid Talk's opinion. Thanks for listening to See, the show. I'm being dismissive. But I'm going to take that into consideration, what your motivation is. Correct. And go take a deep, hot, steamy breath. <laughs> nice. So uh, thanks for listening to the show. I want to remind <laughs> you about the websites. We've got ascully.com and sidtalk.com. The, uh, ascully.com is A-S-C-U-L-L-Y dot com. And sidtalk.com is C-I-D-T-A-L-K.com. Um, we've also got uh, presences on Twitter, Facebook, Xbox Live, YouTube. Just Google either one of those words and you'll find Yeah, them. just go- just uh, search for ascully or sidtalk. Um, and you'll find us on the web. You'll also find this podcast on the iTunes Music Store, the Zoom Marketplace, and we also have an RSS feed, which you can go to ascoli.com, click on the word podcast, you can subscribe, listen, whatever you want to do. 128 episodes are there for your perusal. If you search for Sid Talk, C-I-D-T-A-L-K, Google will say, did you mean sidewalk? <laughs> and you'll just and say, I don't know what it'll say if I say Ascoli. <laughs> They'll find you. You never know. Um, and you can email me at ascoli.com. Don't need to email Sid Talk. And I just want to say... Stay- no, unless you got something to say that I'm going to be irritated about. Yeah. Uh, and stay classy, Flash Garden, because you, you saved every one of us. Every one of us. Flash uh, Gordon. I always like to... The There's no Gordon. <laughs>
Yeah, every time you sing the Queen Flash Garden song, that you say the word garden, I say, Flash and I'm like, Gordon. Freddie doesn't say garden ever. Freddie, so, like you're friends with him. I am friends. And I'm gonna say, stay classy. Uh... No, you're not. That's not your catchphrase. No, I was gonna, gonna, I was gonna, gonna take one. I was gonna say, I was gonna say, stay classy, Brian May's, but I will say, that'll um, be Brian May. May, Brian May, Brian May's guitar. I'm going to say, um, think for yourself. Then again, sometimes, because someone will do it for you. 